0: FMC Fast Chat takes you inside the news so you can be in the know in 30 minutes. Hosted by Fair Media Council CEO and Executive Director Jackie Clement, Fast Chat features notables in news, media, and business. WSHU Public Radio is proud to support the Fair Media Council's annual event, the news conference, real and powerful. It brings together some of the best in news with forums featuring open dialogue to answer your questions about the news today. It happens live and online January 26th through the 29th. Get tickets and details at fairmediacouncil.org.
1: Today's episode is focused on what you need to know to get your opinion on CNN. And joining us today is Richard Gallant, the founding editor and managing editor of CNN Opinion. He's an accomplished journalist, a good person, and CNN is very lucky to have him. So we start out by saying thank you so much Rich, for joining us today. How are you doing? Good,
0: uh, Jackie. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you and and uh, with all of the questioners.
1: We only have thirty minutes to squeeze out of you all the inside secrets we need to know to to be heard on CNN. So why don't we start like big picture, and then we'll focus down on the nitty gritty of things. What kind of opinion pieces do you look for? What what is it you would love people to submit?
0: Well. I think uh, we're looking for pieces that are original, that are persuasive, that have a really strong and clear point,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: that are factual, that are grounded in the expertise of the author. Okay. One of the ingredients that really makes a successful piece for us is a personal piece. So the more that the writer can bring their own life story to bear and their own expertise to bear, the better.
1: Okay. So if someone actually wanted to submit a personal essay, would that that be something you would consider? Absolutely.
0: Some of our most viral content lately has been in the form of personal essays.
1: Okay. All right. And are there any particular topics that either you would love to see more of, or maybe you get too much of in particular subjects?
0: Yeah, we're very open on the range of topics. Okay. Um, So anything from history to science to economics to religion to culture. Um, For the last four or five years, a lot of our focus has been on politics with a heightened interest in politics around the country. Uh, And we're going to certainly continue to cover politics very intensively. But we'd like to communicate that we want to be broader than just politics.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, well, I imagine too with the pandemic going on, you've probably had your fair share of health as well, right?
0: Yes, a lot of our authors have been medical writers, doctors, nurses, patients, survivors, um, and and you know families who've lost people to mm-hmm. the coronavirus.
1: Oh, okay. Give, um, I guess, give people a little bit of an idea of what your audience is like. How how many people do you could they touch by writing a piece for you?
0: Well, this is a huge platform. Uh, CNN is the biggest news site in the world, so we're approaching two hundred million unique visitors a month, uh, and ahead of most of the other major brands that everybody's familiar with. Uh, and the within that universe, the opinion section is one of the more viral sections of the site. So our pieces reach tens of millions of uh, visitors, of users every month.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, take us through the process of, let's say I wanted to submit a piece to you. Should I send an email to you just as a quick query saying I have this idea I'd like to submit a piece or do you want the actual piece submitted up front
0: well we're open to both but uh you know we we have a um an email address Cnn opinion submissions at turner.com okay. and uh, we look at everything that comes in to that address sometimes they're pitches sometimes they're full pieces uh we uh we are not really able because of the volume to get back to every submission. But if you don't hear back within three or so days, then you can assume
1: that we've passed on it. Okay. Um, And give people a little bit of uh, behind the scenes of how the sausage is made kind of a thing. Once a piece is submitted, how many hands does does it cross? How many people read it? How long does the process take between submitting a piece and it actually being published?
0: So, you know, one or two people will read it. If and if we choose not to run it, it will be limited to that number of people touching it. If okay. we do choose to run a piece, we fact check the piece, and so uh, one editor will be assigned to fact check it. Uh, it will then be reviewed by a second editor on the team, and it may also be reviewed by other people at CNN. We have a standards and practices department, a legal department, Uh, depending on the subject matter and the approach, Mm -hmm. uh, it may be viewed fairly widely. And then it's also copy edited before publication. So at least three people, sometimes five or six or even more, will read it. Got it.
1: Um, You asked
0: about the timing too. Uh, That can vary Uh, if it's, you know, written in response to a news event. It could be turned around in a matter of hours. The more typical process would be that it would take a day or two or sometimes three or four.
1: Okay. All right. Is there any better time of day or day a week to submit pieces?
0: Not really. We're, we're a 24-7 operation, so we're always looking at them.
1: Okay. Is there any time where there's more downtime, say, where you might have more of a more extra time to take a look at a piece, you know, a Friday morning kind of a thing, or, or maybe Thursday night. Is, is there any kind of rhyme or reason to the schedule?
0: I think the mornings are probably the time when we have the most leeway yeah. to consider pieces. Okay. Uh, once we get in the middle of the day, it's, uh, it's a free for all.
1: <laughs> All right. And how many pieces do you turn around during a week? Is there a particular amount that you look to publish or it just happens as it happens? It
0: happens as it happens. But when we look over time, it's roughly about 40 pieces a week.
1: Okay. All right. And can you give me a breakdown? When someone submits a piece, I mean, obviously we need an opening and a closing, but what happens in between there? Do you actually look for data and figures uh, in a piece, or it just depends on the subject matter? How wide-ranging does, does it have to be?
0: Well, I think you have to look at it as um, the audience might look at it. So most people respond well to a story okay. and a narrative. And sometimes a narrative is you know, just about the, the characters in the story, and sometimes it's about numbers. And sometimes to establish a case, you really need to build uh, your argument quantitatively. But, you know, there's no general rule. There are some pieces that uh, don't have a number in them.
1: Okay. How likely are you to publish something from either a person or an organization that you've never heard of before? Quite likely. And why is that?
0: We're more interested, you know, in the argument necessarily than the author you know a couple of weeks ago we published a piece on thanksgiving by joe and jill biden Mm
1: -hmm.
0: on how they were celebrating thanksgiving this year Uh, (laughs) so you know we love the big name writers but uh some of our most popular and viral pieces are really written by people whose names you probably have not
1: heard of and is that just because they happen to be experts in what they do or they were excellent writers?
0: They were excellent writers or they had a compelling story to tell.
1: Okay, all right. So define for me, since you have a lifetime in journalism here, for people that are listening, what makes a compelling story? What is it you look for?
0: I think the, um, you know, the story of coping and surviving, you know, which is a story that maybe we're particularly interested in this year because of all of the uh, challenges we faced, Mm -hmm. Uh, but a a story of overcoming obstacles of uh, maybe a story of how obstacles were overcome in the past or looking forward, how do we as a society or how do we as individuals deal with our biggest problems and find solutions?
1: Oh, okay. And what about topics such as thought leadership? or an examination of say a particular policy? Are there, are those too dry? I,
0: I think, you know, uh, the subject could be dry, but the way we tell it doesn't have to be. Okay. So I think uh, I would urge people who are, you know, planning to submit articles to think about, you know, if they were journalists and if they were approaching how to cover the news, how would they want to deal with it? And how would they make their editors most interested in what they have to say?
1: Okay. Do you ever get a piece where you say this has potential, but it's not quite right? And you kick it back and you offer some suggestions for resubmissions or you don't have time for that? We do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, It's kind of a um,
0: triage situation sometimes. Okay. Uh, So it, it depends on... You know the news that we're dealing with, and how much time we have to, um, you know, lavish in in terms of editing and going back and forth on a piece.
1: All right. Um, and how many words should a piece be?
0: I don't think there's an absolute target. Okay. For that, because mm-hmm. um, you know, I come out of the newspaper world. Yeah. We had a set amount of space to tell a story. In online publishing that's not as much of an issue, but I do think you wanna keep the reader's attention. Most of our pieces are in the 600 to 800 word range. Okay. And uh, however, we've we've had pieces that are 3000 words long or pieces that are 300 words long.
1: Oh, okay. All right, we have a question here from one of our audience members, which is, do you typically work directly with the writer? or with another communications professional who's sharing the piece with you on the writer's behalf. So do you work with the middleman or do you wanna work directly with the writer on the piece?
0: We'll wanna have a level of confidence, you know, and a connection to the writer, but it's not infrequent for us to have a communications professional who's, you know, facilitating the conversation
1: back and forth. Okay. All right. And another question we have here is what makes a CNN opinion piece different from an op-ed in a newspaper?
0: I think they're very similar. Um, the One difference between us and a, a newspaper opinion section is that we don't have a editorial position of our own. CNN is not trying to be uh, centrist or leftist or right wing or uh libertarian or you know progressive we are seeking to sort of foster a conversation among all parties so um you may not come to us to reach a specific ideological slice of the population but you you are hopefully reaching the broad uh width of the population
1: Okay. And what about artwork? Do you want people to submit art with a piece or does it matter?
0: We're open to that. And we're also open to non-traditional kinds of submissions. So not everything has to be a a 800 word written op-ed. It could be a poem. It could be a video. It could be um, artwork uh, with very minimal text. So uh, we're we're happy to consider all kinds of submissions.
1: Oh wow! Okay, what what comes to mind as one of one of your favorite pieces? Is there anything that stands out in your mind? We've had
0: you know uh, going back to some of the personal essays you mentioned. Um, we have one today from a a restaurant owner who sadly had to close down her landmark restaurant, and uh, in the process decided that. Uh, Uh, donating all of their supplies and the remains of the restaurant to a church would make it, uh, particularly meaningful at this time. So that's what she did. And she tells the story of why, Uh, we had a piece recently about, from a woman who had been arrested on a unjustified shoplifting charge for shoplifting, a few batteries. It turned out to be, um, you know, completely unjustified. And she produced the receipt for them, and it was an example of, uh, um, and a, you know, a, uh, a racist action in in her view and in the view of many others.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, I think those kinds of stories tend to resonate.
1: Okay, all right. So if you could ask people. Um, If there were either topics or areas that you would love to see more talk and more opinion emanating from, whether it's from industries or or just topics of discussion, what would you like to see just placed in the public conversation to make people talk about what you're putting out?
0: I think, um, you know, more solutions to the problems that we all know we have, whether it's in public health. Um, economic distress, inequality, um, you know, issues about democracy and, um, you know, enhancing our society's ability to solve problems. I think all of those are areas that we could use more of.
1: Okay. Well, now that we're leading up to an inauguration coming up, I imagine you'll be getting a lot of politically charged um, opinions rolling in, right? Yeah,
0: Um, it's, you know, an interesting moment and uh, sort of an opportunity to see how the conversation changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, um, you know, on the 2016 election happened, um, there was never a breather in the world of politics. We went from the 2016 election to the uh, transition to the Trump administration, to the election in 2018, to the election in 2020 at sort of a, a very high pitch of excitement, interest, controversy. And um, I think 2021 will show us whether that is now a permanent feature or whether that was you know, a moment in time.
1: OK. All right, another question here is uh, on the topic of COVID fatigue, uh, which is a term we've been hearing a lot lately. Are pieces related to COVID getting tired, or is it still a compelling topic from your perspective?
0: I think it's still, you know, issue number one uh, on most people's agenda right now uh, because it's still affecting all of us in very personal ways. Um, but I do think, you know, there are questions about, you know, whether you would, uh, find as much interest in the, you know, some of the basics of the story, uh, as, as maybe people had in the spring. And yet it's moving on. So I think the new area of huge interest obviously is vaccines. And I think, uh, so much of the conversation is going to be around coverage of vaccines and issues around people's acceptance of vaccines. Um, So I think it's sort of renewing uh, because unfortunately the pandemic is far from going away.
1: Okay. And then on the topic of original content, if they submit something to you, is it something that they could not have submitted anywhere else? I
0: think it's okay to submit uh, to other places, but, uh we prefer it if the writers let us know whether or not they're submitting it exclusively or if they're submitting it elsewhere. Um, okay.
1: That's fair enough. All right. So, so take us on the flip side of it. What kind of pet peeves are there that come into play when people submit stuff that is just not something they should be submitting? What is it that you open your email and you just kind of shake your head and say, no, 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 you don't understand what this is about. Give some people pointers on what not to do.
0: Well, I think um, it's important to think about, uh, you know, giving us reasons why we should run a piece. And oftentimes we'll get a piece from somebody who is promoting their own business. Okay. and, And really, You know, of course, you know, we get pieces from authors who have a new book that they want to promote, or, you know, artists who may have a movie they want to promote. Um, And that's fine. And uh, we understand if somebody is running a business and they have a terrific idea, and well, you know, running that piece might help their business, you know, which is great. But if it only exists, if the only reason to write it is to promote your business, it's not going to be particularly appealing to opinion editors. Uh, And I think I could speak for opinion editors more generally around not just CNN, but around the industry.
1: Okay. And what about if it's something where you actually see there's a kernel within a whole piece that you like, but you don't like the piece itself. Is that too much work? And you just throw it back and say, maybe another time, or, or do you actually say, let's, let's flesh this out and devote some real time into it?
0: I think we, there are times when we'll do that, you know, when we'll see the promise of a piece and see that the author didn't quite get it right and give them an opportunity to resubmit it. Um, I wish we could do that more regularly, but, you know, we have to, you know, basically use our resources the best way we can.
1: Okay. So how competitive is it to be published by CNN?
0: It's pretty competitive. Uh, You know, we get hundreds of submissions and uh, have to win, basically winnow it down to a very small number. And we publish uh, pieces that we have commissioned beyond, you know, the universe of submissions into us. We are also going out and looking for writers and experts on topics. And we have CNN contributors who write for us. So our our output is not just from the pool of submissions that we get.
1: Okay, so what does someone need to do to get on that list where it's Rich Gallant calling saying, can you give me your opinion on this? What do they have to do?
0: Um, I think the more they build a, a network, uh, and the more respected they are within their industry and their community, uh, the better the chances are. Uh, but, you know, we're always happy to hear about people who think they have a special expertise that they can bring to bear.
1: Okay. Are, are there any topics that, that are just not on the table from your perspective? Things that you just won't touch? No. No? Okay. Um, let's see. We have a question here. Um, do you prefer to receive a fully composed piece first or, or to receive a pitch first? Do you take pitches?
0: We do take pitches and, uh, we'll look at pitches and we'll look at fully written pieces. We don't really have a strong preference.
1: Okay. With a pitch, do you want to know the, the background on the writer or, or the person, um, who would ultimately be submitting the piece? Definitely. Okay. All right. So it's good to know that they would need to submit that information. Let me see if we have another question here.
0: Yeah. I should add, sometimes we'll get a pitch from a public relations person, and it won't be clear who the client is. Okay. And I think that is of great value to know why are you submitting this piece and who are you representing?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, any other advice for PR agency types in, in general?
0: Um, I would just say that, you know, it's fine to, we, we, we very much welcome submissions. Uh, it's great to follow up. I would give us a little bit of time to consider a piece before following up. So at least a day to look at it. Um, and, um, Just realizing that, uh, you know, uh, we are all balancing a lot of incoming uh, at all times. So uh, give us some time to really consider the pieces.
1: Okay. And what would proper follow-up be? Say I send you something and I don't hear from you. So maybe it fell off your to-do list, or maybe you've been super busy, you can't get back to me, and I really shouldn't rely on you getting back to me if I'm the one doing the pitching, right? It should be my responsibility. But what's the fine line between me following up with you and me actually annoying you because I'm almost stalking you?
0: <laughs> I think one email follow-up is you know, reasonable. Yeah. Um... And, you know, in certain special circumstances, if that doesn't work, maybe a second follow-up. But um, it doesn't, you know, usually help a lot to follow up multiple times.
1: Okay. All right. And then what about the difference between pieces with an actual news hook and things that we might consider more evergreen that you could just kind of publish anytime or maybe around a particular time of year? I mean, with the holidays coming up, are you... Do you really want to see some pieces related to the holidays? And do you kind of put feelers out there earlier in the year and say, this is coming up, set your calendars? Yeah. Submit, that sort we, of thing.
0: Yeah. We, we try to get in advance of the things that we can plan. So 90% of what we deal with is unplanned. We're reacting to things that happen. That 10% where we can actually... Think of, you know, um, the inauguration, or the Super Bowl, or Martin Luther King Day, or, you know, whatever event that's on the calendar, we want to make those plans as early as possible. So we will get, you know, um, uh, basically, the Friday before Labor Day, we'll get a, a, a rush of submissions, we'll get six pieces for Labor Day, but that's really too late. We knew Labor Day was coming, so (laughs) uh, it'd be great to hear those ideas much sooner.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, Here's another question. Do you pay for pieces you publish? Yes. Okay. Uh, How many weeks or months in advance can someone submit if the topic is something that you know will be coming up in the future, like Labor Day?
0: Uh, As far in advance as
1: possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. interesting um, and it, how should people um, because you have sections you you've got your political commentary you have social commentary on the site do you want people when they submit to say I'm I want to submit for this part of the site or it's up to you to determine where it's going to end up going? It's good to know that it's it's not a must but okay. you know it's, it's fine if people want to give
0: us that kind of guidance.
1: All right. What about a perspective that may be very local? Is that something because your audience is so vast that you would consider too small?
0: It's, it's tough. You know, uh, oftentimes we turn down a piece if it doesn't have a broad sweep. Uh, it's not always a problem, but often we're looking for pieces that are national or international in scope.
1: Okay. And if it just happens to be something very local that keys into a current event, would that increase the chances? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Are there any cases where if someone submits a written opinion, they end up actually being part of the broadcast portion of CNN?
0: Yes. I'm glad you asked about that. Uh, We share all of our opinion pieces with our colleagues, Uh, on the TV side, the bookers, the executive producers. So they will frequently book writers uh, to go on air and talk about their pieces. There's no guarantee of that, but Mm -hmm. we do have that line of communication. And it's great to see when somebody can not only be on our website, but also on air.
1: Okay. Does it ever work in the reverse where they've been on air and maybe you've seen them and gone after them for a written piece? Absolutely. Okay. All right. That's interesting to know that you're so closely uh, working together. Yeah. There's lots of times there's that wall in between what happens between one department and another department. So how many people do you have working with within your area in total?
0: We have a group of 10.
1: Okay. All right. And does it does it matter what their background is or it just sort of, the flow is who's ever available to read a piece is who reads the piece.
0: Uh, to some extent, we're all generalists, but we do have uh, people who are specializing in political commentary and social commentary in science and medicine. Uh, so we do try to take advantage of people's backgrounds and, and expertise. Okay.
1: So give me an idea what your typical day is like. Do you do a lot of reading of the pieces yourself?
0: I do, uh, and uh, it's a combination of editing, uh, meeting with our team, writing our newsletter. We have a Sunday uh, wrap-up newsletter uh, that people can sign up for uh, of the best op-eds of the week. You can go to our uh, CNN Opinion Twitter account and see the sign-up form.
1: Okay, well, that's good to know, um, and what kind of schedule do you work on? Do you do sort of a budget meeting like you like you would in the old print days um, in the morning to determine what you're doing for the rest of the day? Or how does that work?
0: Yeah, we have, uh, we listen in and participate in uh, the network-wide digital meeting and the network uh, television digital slash digital meeting. And then we have our team meeting uh, mid-morning. And we talk about the writers that we want to go after, the topics that we want to go after. And then we have an afternoon meeting to kind of take stock and see where we are and do some planning for the next day.
1: Okay. So how often is it by the afternoon what you plan for the meeting is completely shot and you're trying something completely different? Does that happen often?
0: It happens quite a bit. So uh, (laughs) we have to be flexible. (laughs)
1: okay Um, so on average what what kind of work schedule would you say you have i mean it's not nine to five obviously um so give people an idea of you know when you start the day when you end the day
0: oh usually for me it's um you know a day that starts a little bit before 8 a.m and ends around six but uh with a need to be available often when news breaks at other times.
1: Okay. All right. And now with COVID, how, how are you folks working?
0: We're fully remote as is most of uh, CNN digital
1: Uh,
0: and we're planning to be remote at least until July. And we'll see what the guidance is after that.
1: Rich, in the beginning, he did give out an email address for submissions, which is cnnopinionsubmissions at turner.com. That's correct, right, Rich? That's right. For people that may be pitching you for the first time, what do you suggest?
0: Um, Think like a journalist. Think about what you can offer that The Fair Media Council is a 501c3 nonprofit organization advocating for quality news and working to create a media-savvy society. For more information about the Fair Media Council and upcoming Fast Chat shows, check out fairmediacouncil.org.